uh, just going to do our best to relay what we feel um, the Lord is saying uh, in this hour and just to, you know, humbly be a, uh, a mouthpiece for the Lord and share, uh, again, what he f- we feel like he's saying during this time, his purpose in this thing. Not really going to get into um, the b- debate of whether or not this is, uh, speaking of coronavirus, is the judgment of God or um, whether or not it's from the enemy and, and, and all that, you know, wherever you land on your theology there, we're not really going to get into, into that. I uh, just want to share what I feel um, the Lord is doing in this hour, though, and his heartbeat right now, uh, and just some things he showed me in a dream. So a few days ago, I was in prayer, and I heard, uh, it's probably been almost... I would say four or five days ago, I was in prayer and I heard the Lord say, uh, I am revealing hearts. And I said, okay, well, you know, <laughs> that's great. What does that mean? Um, and so just kind of set on it. And then about two days ago, I heard the spirit again say, um, I'm removing lampstands. And that really uh, caught my attention. You know, uh, if you go into the book of Revelations and Paul, he's writing to the church And he says to them, uh, you know, this is what the Spirit says to the church. And then you see Jesus go on to bring both encouragement and correction to the church, some of it uh, a a little bit more worse than others. And then also, though, he talks about those who endure to the end will receive a reward. And he says, do this, repent, least I come and remove your lampstand from before me. And if you know the context of what he's talking about there is those lampstands represented churches of Jesus Christ. And so I really feel, again, God was leading up to these three dreams I had um, Sunday, early morning. They would have been prior to uh, Sunday. I had them, uh, went to bed Saturday, well, really Sunday morning, right about midnight. And then uh, before I woke up in the morning, I had three dreams, um, back-to-back, three prophetic dreams from the Lord that I'm going to share here now. And so anyway, though, I believe the Lord was speaking to me, setting up the context for these of I'm revealing hearts and I'm removing lampstands. And I believe that's really the context of uh, what the Lord is saying here. And so again, you can can go on your own time and read Revelations, what he speaks to the churches there. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to do my best to, uh, humbly be, um, be a mouthpiece for the Lord and simply only say, uh, what I hear the father saying. So again, I believe he's revealing hearts and removing lampstands. Uh, I'm going to give these dreams, not in the order that I had them. I'm actually going to share with you. The second dream uh, first, the third dream after that, and then the first dream that I had. And I really believe the last one that I share is going to bring some hope and uh, and some encouragement to many because I really feel like the Lord showed me uh, some things that are going to happen as far as with this virus and whether it stops or keeps going or whatever. I know many of us are, are you know, concerned and there's so many different conflicting voices out there. And I just want to share what the Lord was speaking to me. So anyway, the, the second dream that I had, I could see in a house and I saw there was a man there and I believe that man to represent Jesus. Uh, and he was in a house with unbelievers, uh, who were 
being and doing what sinners do. Uh, you know, you can let your imagination wander on what all that was. You know, sinners were just being sinners. And uh, but then I saw someone there that I thought in my life to to or thought to know. Uh, to be on fire for Jesus. I saw him and thought, uh, you know, I thought highly of this person. I, 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 I thought, you know, in my opinion of them, they were burning for Jesus. Uh, however, they were there in this house living among the sinners and doing the things that sinners do and living like the world. Uh, I could feel the grievance of of the Lord in, in that, that this person who... Um, a leader in the body of Christ. Uh, a, a, I'm not going to go into specifics of who I saw, but I- anyway, um, they were there living and partaking in the same things of the world. And it really grieved the Lord. Um, I could sense then, uh, and oh, and that person was there and living with a, a woman out of wedlock. They were committing sexual immorality and he was living there in the world with the woman. And I could feel the Lord's grievance on that. But then I could feel the Lord's desire to go and actually marry the woman. And uh, I could feel his desire to come in and, and marry her as, as his bride. Uh, and so he went up to her and approached her and offered uh, to marry her and to build her a house. And then he went on to offer some of the other sinners uh, in the ha- in, in unbelievers in the house. He offered to take them to a better place, to another place. And to build them a house. Um, however, he then opened up the catalog of the houses he was going to build them and began to explain how greatly the cost would be for these houses. Um, I really believe um, that what the Lord is was, was revealing in this dream uh, is that right now he is cleaning up his house and he's calling back uh, and calling in. Uh, unbelievers, that there's really a a movement right now in the earth where the Lord is cleaning up his house. Uh, he's done with this mixed um, half in, half out Christians uh, living in the world, if you will. Uh, and, and he's really bringing a cleansing to his house. Uh, and if you remember when Jesus was talking to the uh, disciples, he said, I go and prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I wouldn't tell you this. Uh, and then if you remember also, we all know how costly that place was to build for Jesus. I mean, it cost him everything. He had to lay down his life. He had to, he had to die for us. He had to shed his blood for us. Um, and if you remember too, the Lord when he shares the parable about the nine leaving the 99 and going for the one. And, and I totally believe that's in the context also for pursuing the loss. But, but really, if you go back and read that parable, um, he is speaking to the disciples and he's talking to them specifically. And he's talking about backslidden believers. And he says, I'll leave the 99 and I'll go and I'll pursue the one, the sheep. You know, before you become born again, you're you're a goat. You're not a sheep. But then when you become born again, you become a sheep, and and Jesus becomes our good shepherd, uh, and it, and we we join his flock. Anyway, also the prodigal son, that parable as well is a parable about going not necessarily to the lost, but those who were 
backslidden and who were uh, squandering their inheritance and living believers living as the world. And I really believe right now is a time of God cleaning up his church. And I woke up out of all three of these dreams uh, at about 7 a.m. It was right at 7 a.m. on the dot. And I believe um, all of the dreams that the Lord gave me here now are in the context of Matthew 7. And so I want to encourage you, I'm going to be sharing some scriptures out of Matthew 7 as well. I want to encourage you to go and read uh, Matthew 7. But anyway, I have here Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, and it reads this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Listen, the road is narrow, the highway of holiness. And I believe in this hour, the spirit of the Lord is coming uh, like the spirit of Elijah, and he's making straight the crooked paths. And things that were permissive in this last season will not be permissive in this new season. I believe the Lord is saying, repent, turn from your sins, start, stop living as the world, um, stop contaminating ourselves. You know, James says this, pure religion is this, remembering the widows, the orphans, and keeping oneself unspotted from the world. There is a narrow way. It's very costly to get to that place. It costs Jesus everything. And he said, pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. He who wishes to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life will save it. So it's a, it's a time, church. It's a time to... Uh, lay down, to lay down uh, these things and start living and manifesting Christ, not only in deeds, but in actions that they would see that we live pure and we look different uh, than the world so that God can come and marry those who are lost in living in sin. Other than uh, often I see so many Christians living like the world and then hanging out with the world and the world sees no difference. So in them and their behavior, so why would they want to change? But I believe in this hour, God is cleaning up his bride. He's cleaning it up and saying, walk on the narrow path. The third dream that I I had uh, was this. And again, I, I said, I'm sharing the second dream, the third dream, and then I'll go back to the first dream that I had. Uh, the third dream that I had there was a man and he was looking for a bride. Uh, and I feel like this man was Jesus. Uh, we're, it was inside of a, a hotel and there were many rooms inside this hotel. This man had his own room. And then there were all these other um, rooms inside this hotel. And anyway, this man was looking for, for a bride. However, there were many other suitors pursuing her. There were all these other options on the table for her. Uh, each option had its own room. E each suitor had its own room. And there were many other suitors pursuing this bride. Uh, I then saw the hopeful groom go into his room and go into the mirror. And he did everything he could to fix himself up, cause himself to look desirable, uh, getting everything he could in line and perfect for the moment he would go and pursue his bride. So he's like fixing himself up in the mirror, getting his, uh, 
his tie straight, fixing his hair, making sure he was on point before he went to go to this bride, making himself ready. Uh, I then saw uh, he found the bride in her private chamber. So he went to where she was in her chamber, pursued her, caught her, and then he kissed her. However, when he kissed her and his lips pulled away from her, I could tell uh, and I could I could sense and I knew by the spirit that in the moment she still was not yet convinced that he was the one. She was still thinking about the other options. She was still thinking about the other suitors, wondering if one of them would be a better fit for her. Again, I believe this is this was Jesus coming after his bride. I believe he is pursuing her. I believe he's made himself ready. I believe he's done everything he can to woo her, even caught her and kissed her and allowed her to taste of his passion. And uh, and again, I believe this speaks to the church, the bride. Uh, and I believe that it, it, it correlates with Revelations chapter 19, verse 7, that the bride must make herself ready. It says this in Revelations uh, 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. You see, the groom was ready, but the bride was not. She was not prepared. She was not ready yet for the consummation. And I believe that in this hour, the Lord is saying, church, get ready. Church, get ready. It's time to be prepared. Listen, there's no room for any other thoughts of another suitor. There's no room for any other thoughts that there may be a plan B. It is time. Jesus is coming back for a spotless and blemishless bride. And it's time for the church to make herself ready, adorn herself as the king has made himself ready for the supper of the marriage and the supper of the lamb. He's made himself ready to marry her. And it's time for the bride to prepare herself and make herself ready as well. In dream, the, the first dream that I had and the last one that I'm going to share which I think right now is so encouraging, uh, uh, at least for me. And I know our community, I, I was able to share it with them yesterday uh, and just bring some hope and encouragement because many of us, I'm sure, have been asking, you know, um, is is this virus going to stop? Is this it? I know there's many people out there talking about, you know, the end is here, like it's only going to get worse. And, uh, you know, Jesus is coming and, and the tribulation period is coming. And, you know, I believe Matthew chapter 24, I, I, I believe that it will get worse before Jesus comes. Uh, and I, I believe that this may be a, a taste of it. However, uh, I believe through this prophetic dream, um, the Lord has really shown at least this window that we're in and what happens next. And so anyway, I was uh, I was inside of a large public gathering and it was inside of a basketball gym. I was inside this large public um, gathering inside a basketball gym and many people were there. So it was like packed. So obviously um, with some of the orders right now, like Ohio just went under a shelter in place order. You, you're not going to see this huge public gathering like that. 
um, taking place. But anyway, they were all celebrating and they were rejoicing uh, that they were able to be together and that they were back there having this big celebration, uh, big party. And there was a band there and the band began to uh, sing these like secular celebration songs. And so like just whatever, I, I don't really even know any off the top of my head, but anyway, they were celebrating and singing these secular celebration songs that bands play at, you know, whether it be at a football game or whatever or parades, they were singing those bands. But then all of a sudden something shifted and they began to sing this and I'm going to, I'm going to sing, even though I have a terrible voice. Uh, but, but they sang Christ, the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And they began to sing it uh, uh, over and over again. Oh, man, Jesus. Whew. I love you, Lord. And as I began to meditate on this dream, I said, Lord, what are you, uh, what are you showing here? Um, and I believe, uh, two things and I'm going to speak first to what I believe he's, uh, he, he, he was revealing for the church, um, in, in America and also, uh, then speak to what, uh, as far as the virus, what I think he's saying there. And so again, I, I told you I woke up out of, um, at seven o'clock, and I believe the context again for all of these was Matthew t- chapter seven. And so I'm going to read for you Matthew chapter seven, uh, verse fifteen in in to twenty seven, because I feel like the first several verses set the context for what he says. And many of you probably remember this passage in this parable when Jesus talks about the the house that's built on sand, and the house that's built on the solid rock, and However, I think sometimes, you know, we talk about that and we pull it out of the context it was actually taught in and what Jesus is actually teaching. And it's all one teaching and he's teaching on false prophets. Um, And so I'm going to give you uh, the scripture again. It's Matthew chapter seven, verse 15 through 27. It says this, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. So again, Jesus is saying how to identify a false prophet may not necessarily be whether or not their doctrine is correct, but by their fruit. And what does he mean by their fruit? That is by the way they act, their behavior, their character. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A good tree, or sorry, a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify with a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. Again, all this is in the context. He's saying one thing. 
Everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is wise. So again, it's all in the same context. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey them is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So again, he's showing you uh, the difference between a true prophet or one who speaks for God, uh, a minister, if you will, and a false prophet. It is not necessarily uh, false doctrine. However, again, we know false teachers and, and things like that, definitely false doctrine can be in there and they produce bad fruit. He's saying you'll know false prophets by their actions that they proclaim Christ, but don't follow it. They are hypocrites. They preach the word. Jude speaks of them and says they use the grace of God as a license to sin, and that judgment awaits them. This is how you know whether they they walk and obey the commandments of God. There's people out there right now telling you you're religious if you obey the commandments of God. Man, get that out of here. He who loves God obeys God. I just read it here. These are false prophets. They're false teachers. And what the Lord, I believe, is doing in this hour, whether he sent the virus or not, wherever you land on that doesn't matter, whether you think it came from the enemy and God is taking what the the enemy meant for evil and using it for good, or whether you believe it's judgment on the house of God, whatever you believe, wherever you land, theologically, it won't matter here because the storm is here. And the storm is revealing the foundations. The storm is revealing what people are made of. I can tell you that in this time, I have seen the posts. I have talked to many, many believers. People who claim that they believe God are full of doubt and full of fear. And their foundation is being shown not to be on the word of God, on the sayings of Jesus Christ. They are being shaken and their house is falling apart because they're not built on the solid rock of of Christ. There are many right now, their character flaws are being revealed. They're full of pride and arrogance, and it's coming out all through their posts everywhere. The stuff is being revealed, and it's being shown that they are not producing the character of Christ. You're seeing it everywhere. You're seeing it everywhere. What people believe is being revealed right now in this hour like never before. What they have built their foundation on, whether it be the firm, solid rock of Christ or whether it be sinking sand, is being revealed like never before in this hour. I believe believe the Lord is removing lampstands. I believe that you're going to see many churches not recover from this virus. 
You're going, and some of them shouldn't. And I don't say that like we've got it figured out or we're better. I'm saying we have no idea what these leaders and pastors do in secret. We have no idea what takes place in some of these churches. You have no idea who is committing sexual immorality, What? how many pastors are addicted to pornography. We have no idea. Only God knows and sees what's in secret. But let me tell you what's done in darkness will come in, li- in the light. And when storms of life come and they shake and rattle the house, they reveal what is built on the foundation. They will reveal whether the prophet is false or true. They will reveal whether the minister is false or true. They'll reveal who is following God and who's not. Who's living and believing God's word. Who's living up to God's standard of holiness. Who's walking on the highway of holiness. Who's on the crooked path or not. I'm telling you, it is being revealed right now. Feel it strongly. The Lord is cleaning his church. He's revealing foundations and he is removing lampstands. He's removing lampstands in this hour. Jesus, I pray, God, help us, Lord, to humble ourselves to repent. May our foundations be found uh, solid on, on, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. I, I believe um, another part of this uh, w- revealing uh, in this dream that brings us hope and gives us, uh, at least in this window of time and season, is, is, and the Lord showed me this, is that storms pass. Storms pass. So again, I believe that whether, whether you believe it came from God or whether you think it's the enemy and God is using what the enemy meant for evil for good, regardless, we can all agree that this is a storm and it is shaking the house, revealing foundations. Uh, it, it, it is taking place right now. But the amazing thing about storms is that they pass. They do pass over. Though there may be lots of destruction in their wake and plenty to clean up after. And also everything may look different. I'm telling you, I believe uh, the Lord is speaking and saying that, that the coronavirus right now in this season will pass. This, at least this episode, it, stuff may come in the future, tribulation, things are going to get bad. Um, it, this storm will pass though. This will lift and this will pass specifically also in America. This will pass this season. However, when storms like the storm I specifically saw was like a hurricane and when a hurricane, I grew up in Florida. And if you know anything about a hurricane, when a hurricane comes through, like there is destruction in its wake, there is destruction in its wake. And often it totally changes the landscape of the land. It literally shifts the landscape of the land. And some things are rebuilt, but some things are never rebuilt. Some some things uh, go back to normal, but some things will never be the same. Uh, it's like uh, I grew up in Pensacola, and when Hurricane Ivan come through, you know, it flattened the dunes. Uh, many of the dunes, it flattened on the beach. Listen, they were built back, but many of them will never be the same. It literally changes. And so I believe there will be a change in the landscape of this nation that will never be the same. Things will be totally different after this. Some things will go back, but listen, things will never, ever completely go back to the way they were. So if that's your hope, that's your thinking, I'm sorry. And again, I don't mean to be, it's not to be doom and gloom. It's just a fact. That when storms come, sometimes they change things in the landscape that just are not restored back to the way they were. 
Things must be cleaned up. Things must be, there's destruction. Things must be cleaned up and rebuilt. Sometimes things are rebuilt different. They're they're rebuilt stronger in order to withstand the next storm. I believe many of that is going to happen. Uh, Again, I believe the large social gathering and the celebration shows that we will be back and be able to gather again uh, in large crowds that that'll be, you know, we'll be back to that, that once this thing lifts, we'll be back to that and there'll be a celebration. However, it will be, be sure that the foundations will be revealed. And I believe too, America is going to see those who built their foundation, who weren't wavering. Those of you, I want to encourage you, those of you who have stood in faith, those of you who have not backed down in sharing Jesus, those of you who have put your hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ, people are watching during this time as unbelievers are fearful and afraid, not knowing what's going to come tomorrow. They're watching you put your hope in Jesus, and it will be revealed that on Christ this solid rock I stand, all other ground is seeking sand. It will be revealed. And many, I believe, will come to Jesus because of authentic believers standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I believe this is a message to the church. I believe this is a, the spirit says to the church moment. And I believe this is what he says. Check your fruit. Check your foundation. And make yourself ready. The bridegroom king is coming. God, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your presence and your voice. God, I pray that you would strengthen us in our faith in this time, that we would endure, Lord, that we w- it would be proven that our foundation is on you and that you are the solid rock that we stand on, Lord, and everything else is sinking sand. Love you guys. God bless you. Hope you're well. I'll see many of you soon, I'm sure. If I don't bless you, I hope this lands well with you. God bless you. Love you.